morning, our gospel scripture comes from the book of John, chapter 18, verses 33 through 37. Listen to the word of God. Then Pilate entered the headquarters again, summoned Jesus, and asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered, Do you ask this on your own, or did others tell you about me? Pilate replied, I am not a Jew, am I? Your own nation and the chief priest have handed you over to me. What have you done? Jesus answered, My kingdom is not from this world. If my kingdom were from this world, my followers would be fighting to keep me from being handed over to the Jews. But but as it is, my kingdom is not from here. Pilate asked him, So are you a king? Jesus answered, You say that I am king. For this I was born, and for this I came into the world, to testify to the truth. Everyone who belongs to the truth listens to my voice. This is a word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in your eyes, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. This year, the American Automobile Association, AAA, predicted that more than 54 million Americans, that's 54 million Americans, were going to travel this Thanksgiving. According to them, this is around four times more than usual, and there have not been so many people on the roads for Thanksgiving since 2005. For someone who drives a lot for work, I represent Union Presbyterian Seminary, I was not looking forward to getting back into a car to travel on I-85 South, which has also been under construction probably also since 2005, (laughs) to Concord, North Carolina which is outside of Charlotte, to join my family for Thanksgiving. Lucky for me, I knew when I arrived, I would be greeted by hugs and by my family. And I had a great book to listen to on the way, Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince. Most of these books, Harry Potter, just like you and me, must decide who he wants to listen to. He has voices from friends and enemies telling him how to act, who to be, and what to believe. This book, The Half-Blood Prince, is no different. Harry finds a book that has notes in the margins that gives him hints on how to make better potions and do better spells that Harry has never seen. Harry's best friends take different sides on what to do with this book. His friend Ron encourages Harry to use this book to his advantage and get better grades. Hermione, who is always more logical and 10 out of 10 times is right, warns Harry that he must be cautious and not to take advice from a person that he doesn't know. Harry makes the decision that he's going to listen to Ron. But it's the wrong decision. And because of this, when he listens to the wrong person, trouble obviously ensues. For the reader, or in this case, the listener to this book, it's easy to see that Harry is making a wrong decision. However, I think we can all relate to Harry a bit. It can be difficult to decide who 
who and what we listen to. For example, there are 550,000 podcasts from various sources that most of us can access anytime, anywhere. In my home, I can yell out, Alexa, tell me the news. And a little machine begins to tell me what the news of the day is. And where is that coming from? Where there are only three big news networks, CNN, Fox News, and CNBC. And we all know that these vary wildly on how they present news and what they report. And then, of course, there's the Internet with tons of other sources for news, too. Websites that vary from BuzzFeed News to the Bloomberg Report. Who and what we listen to makes a difference to our outlooks on events and people. And in an age of fake news, it is sometimes difficult to know if we're listening to the truth. This actually isn't too far off from the times of Jesus. Of course, they had no internet or TV or an Alexa to listen to. But in the first century, there were still multiple people calling out for people to listen to them, announcing that they were the true messiahs and claiming to be prophets. While somewhat of a sacrilegious movie, Mighty Python's Life of Brian actually depicts this rather accurately. The main character, Brian, whose life keeps overlapping with Jesus, is hounded by people seeking to know what the truth is. When the characters are in Jerusalem, there's a scene where we see loads of people in the streets proclaiming that they do know the truth and what the end of the world will look like. The people of the first century, like us, were seeking to know and listen to a truth. Pilate is no different. In our scripture today, in John 18, we get to listen into a conversation between Jesus and Pilate, in which we as readers have to decide who is actually the most powerful one of the two, whose voice we need to listen to. Jesus is summoned by Pilate, making it look like Pilate is actually the one ultimately in charge. However, when Pilate asks Jesus if he is the king of the Jews, Jesus takes control of the conversation. He answers Pilate with another question. Do you ask this on your own, or did others tell you about me? Pilate responds with reminding Jesus that Jesus is there because other authority figures, chief priests, people of Jesus' own nation, have handed Jesus over to the Roman government. It really appears as if Jesus is in hot water. At this point in our scripture, when we really do need to listen, for we learn more about Jesus, who he is, and what is his purpose. Jesus shares that, one, his kingdom is not of this world. Two, Jesus was born to testify a truth. And three, everyone who belongs to him did something really important. They listen to him. So in essence, if we belong to Jesus, we're to listen to him because he is the truth and he rules over a kingdom that is real, but not of this world. Today, when we, or at least when I, think of kingdoms, I automatically think of the British royal family. I'm not ashamed to say that I have woken up at the crack of dawn to watch a royal wedding. 
that these real-life kings and queens, princesses and princesses, live completely different lives than most of us, living in literal palaces, traveling the world, having their lives broadcasted. Or perhaps when you think of kingdoms, you think of Disney. The kingdoms where a prince is seeking out a princess, extravagant balls and impractical glass slippers. Or perhaps you think of Netflix movies that revolve around a commoner falling in love with a royal figure. And according to Netflix, this always happens around Christmas. These romantic views of the kingdom in foreign, sometimes made-up lands, are fun to watch. It's fun to think about what it would be like to be a part of that world for a day or two. But this is not the kingdom that Jesus has in mind. Jesus says his kingdom is not of this world. This does not mean that this kingdom has nothing to do with this world. Indeed, it's quite the opposite. This is a kingdom where the king is very concerned with the ongoings of his subjects. So concerned that you wouldn't expect that he was even a king. At the book of John, we see a king, Jesus, who enters Jerusalem not on a huge white stallion with servants surrounding him, but on a donkey. Dr. Lucy Hogan, a professor of preaching at Wesley Theological Seminary, states that this is a kingdom where the king speaks to the lowly and the rejected, a king who serves rather than being served. This is also a kingdom that's not built around force and violence, but one that's built around love and peace. The book of Isaiah describes the ultimate version of this kingdom like this. Leopards will lie down with young goats, and wolves will rest with lambs. Calves and lions will eat together and be cared for by little children. Cows and bears will share the same pasture. Their young will rest side by side. Lions and oxen will both eat straw. Little children will play near snake holes. They will stick their hands into dens of poisonous snakes and never be hurt. This is pretty hard to imagine and maybe even really hard to buy into at times. We look around and we see that many of the people in power in our own government and other nations' governments and even people in our own entertainment industries who determine what we hear, got there not by serving others and by creating peace, but by putting fear into those around them, and at times even using violence. And that's the kind of kingdom that Pilate understands, and that's the kind of kingdom he lives within. But Jesus tells Pilate, and he tells us, that he's not coming to this world to act that way. This is a kind of kingdom that is different and is based upon the truth. In fact, our gospel today, John, wants to make this truth very clear. And he ties it very much into the person who Jesus is. Who he was, what he says, and what he does. The book of John is 21 chapters long. And the word truth is used by the author 21 times. It's clearly significant for John For us to know the importance of this truth, which is why he begins right away with stating what the truth is. In John chapter 1, he says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. 
All things came into being through him, and without him, not one thing came into being. What was come into being in him was life, and the life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. And later in that same chapter, he says that the word became flesh and lived among us, and we have seen his glory, the glory of the Father's only Son, full of grace and truth. The law indeed was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. In Romans, Paul states the truth like this. It is Jesus Christ who died, who was raised, and who is at the right hand of God, and who indeed intercedes with us. And this morning, the choir stated this truth when they sang, His glory is now we sing, who died and rose on high, who died eternal life to bring, and lives that death may die. If this is our truth, then we must do as Jesus tells Pilate. We are to listen. We are to listen to Jesus, a king of a kingdom which is developed around truth. When we decide that this is our truth and we listen, then our whole lives change, as do the lives of the people around us. When we listen to this truth, we begin to create and become citizens of this peaceful kingdom. Not surprisingly, this is not always easy. This isn't what our world tells us to do. It means our decisions aren't always popular or part of the mainstream culture. It means our decisions and the way we live isn't solely based on fame and success and money, but based on love, love for our neighbors, love for our God. What does that look like for you? to listen to Christ our King's truth and be a part of that kingdom. In 1924, Olympics British runner Eric Little showed us a bit of what that looks like. In 1981, the movie Chariots of Fire was made and showed the difficult decisions that Eric Little had to make concerning his faith. To familiarize you with this story, Eric Little is the son of a Christian missionary and a very good runner. He made it to the Olympics. The movie makes it clear that his identity, though, is tied completely into his Christian beliefs. He intends to follow his father's footsteps and continue mission work in China after the Olympics. At one point, however, his sister accuses him of focusing too much on running and not enough on church. Eric disagrees with his sister, stating that he, Eric, believes that God made him for a purpose, but he also made him fast, and when he runs, he feels God's pleasure. The story goes on, and in one of the main parts of the movie, Eric, much to the chagrin of his country, much to the chagrin of his king, King George V, declares that he will not run on a Sunday, because that is the Sabbath. Eric's decision was based on his faith and the truth that he found through Christ Jesus. At this point, his decision has nothing to do with his citizenship to his country or to his family, but his citizenship to God's kingdom. While we may not understand the Sabbath in exactly the same way as Eric Little, and while I highly doubt any of us are in a position that a movie will be made about our lives, we too need to think like him. We too can make decisions 
that reflect the truth of Christ our King. We can take actions to help others know this truth and get a glimpse into the kingdom built on love. We may do this in our own neighborhoods and throughout Richmond by making sure people have enough to eat, that they have access to fresh foods and reliable transportation to get to them to do their jobs. We can do this by making sure that those jobs pay enough so that they can also take a bit of Sabbath. We may do this with our own jobs. Some of you may be doctors and caregivers, teachers, accountants that help people with their money. We may do this within our own families, but we tell them over a Thanksgiving meal that we are grateful for them and we love them. When we listen to Christ our King, the truth of his love is witnessed by all those around us. Next week, a time when we continue to give thanks for God's love, Advent begins, and we prepare for the birth of our King when the Word was made flesh. Like Thanksgiving, people will be traveling with friends and family for friends and family. And remember what I said, it was 54 million people traveling this past week? Well, it's going to be worse at Christmas. According to AAA again, last year it was 107.3 million people traveling for Christmas. I will join these people. And again, I will most likely to listen to Harry Potter. He continues to figure out who he believes and he, who he should listen to. I hope, though, above all, that I'll be listening, and you will too, more and more, to the one born to be king, who calls us into his kingdom, and whatever we can to bear witness to this kingdom, right here, right now. Amen.